Hi, and welcome to the Talk Shop Pod. It is episode three, the March Madness edition. I'm joined here by my man, Mike. What up? Episode three for the trays and the Lokes out there, man. It's good to have you guys as a listener. I'm super, super pumped up for this episode. Uh, this is going to be a March Madness edition. We're here bright and early on a Wednesday morning to make sure we can get everything, every little crack, every little amount of info to you before you hit the submit button on those tournament pools to try to jingle that left pocket. Yeah, no, this really is just the best time of the year. And uh, we're really excited to take you region by region, game by game, and, you know, give our picks against the spread and get you prepared, you know, for the weekend ahead. Yeah, definitely super excited about this. We've done a lot of thing and a lot of research. Um, we're just ready to go, man. I'm ready to go. You ready to go? Oh, yeah, I'm so pumped. I can't even sleep at night. I'm shaking in my boots, ready to go. It is game time. <laughs> even the, even these first four games, I mean, you can't help but be just glued to your television. Yeah. It's, it's just the best time of the yeah, year. Yeah, those two games last night were pretty good. I mean, fairly Dickinson and Prairie View. When else would you watch a fairly Dickinson and, Pra- and Prairie View NCAA basketball game? Never. Exactly. Never, I was never. tuned in, you know, because yeah. I had action on it. So. Yeah, yeah. And at 2-0 to start off my tournament, just so everyone knows. Yeah, 2-0. Same here. Same here. We took Belmont with the minus three. Yep. And we took uh, Fairly Fair- Dixon last night. So 2-0. Yep. So. There we go. All right. So first things first, uh, let's let's go into a little bit of people that influenced us, you know, and, uh, you know, made us create this podcast. Yeah, I think that's important. You know, it's, it's important. You know, people want to listen to you but they also want to know a little bit about your background and a little bit about how you've been built and why you guys are so passionate about this subject and about doing this podcast and for me it just kind of starts with the evolution of you know my friends and my family I've been talking sports in the backyard talking sports during lunch break talking sports during class you know getting kicked out of class for talking sports so it just starts with my fundamental background of just having all the friends and family being able to talk sports with as far as professional man I I, the kind of first podcast that I kind of got hooked to was Jalen and Jacoby Uh, I like to you know their style is real smooth their style is real authentic they're kind of just you know similar to us just two dudes sitting down talking shop and uh that's something that i kind of uh related my life to the second person more professional is gil alexander over at the uh, vegas stats and information network uh station channel on 204 um he's a real analytical guy uh he gives you a lot of analytical information he has a lot of great guests on there he's a bit snarky at times gil i love you but you're a bit snarky at times kind of moody but i love you and uh he's done a lot for me as far as being a little bit more analytical on this what about you g yeah no i know both of us you know we're big fans of vsin over Definitely. there they do a great job with everything they do and you know it's been really exciting to see it grow uh, over the course of the last you know six or you know 12 months um, but yeah, no, obviously always got ESPN tuned on, whatnot <laughs> like that. Uh, I actually haven't really checked out too many podcasts other than VSIN, to be completely honest with you. But those dudes over there, I mean, Gil Alexander, Vinny Maiulo, I love all those dudes. VSIN uh, Vinny. VSIN Vinny. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, all, I'm always tuned in to, uh, you know, VSIN in the car and whatnot, you know, just getting a little, little some tips and picks, you know. Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, why wait any longer? Let's Uh-oh. just let's just jump right into it. Oh, OK, let's go then, man. I'm ready. Okay, so first things first, we're looking in the East region. We got Duke as the one seed, and I mean, we did see a 116 upset last year. I mean, I don't know how that occurred. It wasn't even close. I mean, UMBC won by 20 or so points. The Retrievers. The Retrievers. (laughs) The Retrievers. Yeah, this is a Columbia region, so it's basically a really, really home game for the hated Blue Devils. Uh, We don't quite have a a number, a Vegas number on this yet because – the team that they're uh, scheduled to play, they're going to play today in a playing game. So we don't have quite a number on this yet. But I don't. I think regardless of the line, we're definitely picking Duke to advance in our in our brackets, right? Yeah. No, they're definitely going to advance. Yeah. But th- this is not a spot where you know I'm willing to lay 27 no. or 28 or maybe. I mean, with Duke, they might even throw a 30 up there. Right. I mean, you can really throw a big number. But like you were saying earlier, I mean, 
With these 116, you know, these 215 matchups, we don't really see, you know, the 35 or the 38-point spreads that we used to see a few years ago. Yeah, parity is kind of taking over the game. A lot of these uh, smaller schools, are they have a lot of guys that are staying four and five years, and whereas the bigger schools kind of have a lot of one and done. So these four or five years are kind of developing. And by the time they're seniors, you know, they're a very formidable, uh, formidable opponent, not necessarily to win, but definitely keep the game under the point spread and cover their number. Okay, so yeah, we got Duke there. That, we'll shoo them into the second round. Yeah. And then we got VCU and UCF. What do you, what's your opinion on that one? Yo, this is another game in the Columbia region, so it's kind of in the middle for both teams. No no real home court advantage that I can think of there. Uh, my pick, the line is currently UCF minus one, which means they're the favorites to win by one point. Uh, my pick is for UCF to cover that number, and probably quite easily. Uh, VCU is missing a very, very, very important crucial piece of their offense, which is kind of something that's going to, you know, you, you kind of need your point guard, you need your shooters, you need your big guys during March and uh, they're missing one they're very very key players on top of that you got VCU uh, UCF I'm sorry with the 7-6 center a 7-6 yeah taco taco fall down taco. low I mean yeah yeah VCU's got that zone they run and I've, right. I've seen VCU play a few times this year and I mean they just struggled to shoot from the outside and without a playmaker at the helm you know really directing that offense I can't really see them doing anything right so the pick there for me is the UCF minus one what about you yeah, no, I'm definitely on uh, VCU in that one with Marcus Evans out. I can't see VCU keeping up with him. Okay, so you're on UCF minus one again uh, as well. Yep, okay. and then we'll go uh, right down the left side here. We got Mississippi State Liberty 5-12 matchup. That is in the San Jose region. That is in San Jose. So, again, no real home court for either team. Both teams have to kind of fly a far uh, distance. to. Be well, what's to the be line on that one? What's the line? The line on that one is Mississippi State minus six and a half. Wow. Minus six and a half. Liberty plus, really, that's, that seems like a short line to me. Yeah. Six and a half. You're not a fan of that? No, I mean, I, I would definitely lay the points with Howen right there. Yeah. I, I mean, then the Bulldogs. Got to. I, I've not seen Liberty play this year. I'm not going to. No, not, yeah, I mean, uh, and that's front. the thing. That's the fun in this. You, you've seen the bigger team. You, normally, you've seen the bigger team play over the little team. So you would think you would run to the bigger team just because you're familiar with them. But there's a lot of little teams in here that can shock, you know, and, and but. You know, I'll take Mississippi State with the minus six and a half as well. I mean, that's yeah, you know, Mississippi much. State's got a pretty solid team. They really kind of turned the Jets on there in the SEC. I believe you called that one, yeah, actually. Yeah, I called it wrong, yeah. as a matter of called fact. It, called it wrong, yeah, but, you know, but they I called it. Yeah, you know, they, I mean, I believe they made it to the semifinals, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. tournament for what no, they were. No, Mississippi State's a good team. I mean, they beat Wofford earlier in the year. That's yeah. a nice non-conference win. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would like Mississippi State here to okay. advance. Okay, all right. So we're both on, again, Mississippi State minus the six and a half. And again, if you can, check for better numbers. You might get a better numbers at, at a different place but uh this is just a consensus yeah. number that we have at minus six and a half very important especially this time of year to shop around i yes. mean with the amount of action you know these shops are taking it's very it's very easy to you know get a half or a full point in your favor if you really just open your eyes and you right. know scan the horizon for you know different options yeah and again those full half and full points make a huge difference you know why pay more when you don't have to if you see something at a store that's 7.99 and you go to another store and it's 10.99 why would you pay the 10.99 when you could pay the 7.99 same type of thing and just looking for value okay all right, let's go to the next one. We have Virginia Tech and St. Louis. I, I don't even know how St. Louis got in the tournament. I mean, they got they got the auto bid by winning the conference, yeah. but I mean, during the season, they're just brutal. I mean, yeah. I don't know what happened to the Billikens, but I mean, they're they're hitting on all cylinders. It seems. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Again, this game's in the San Jose region, so you know, a no home court for both any team really. Um, I just got to go with Virginia Tech, like you said. I mean, whether or not their star player plays or not, 10.5 is a number I think that they can cover because I don't really think the Billikens, a.k.a. St. Louis, should even be in this tournament. Yeah, I know Virginia Tech's a solid team. Uh, they have a, a home win against Duke earlier in the season. I mean, in the Ken Palm ratings, they've been extremely high all season long. 
I mean, if you look at it, they're 11 in the BPI, they're 11 in Ken Palm, and I mean, you just got to, I, I love the Hokies in this spot yeah. right here. Yeah, 10 and a half. So we're going the Hokies at 10 and a half. All right. Well, wow, straight chalk so far yeah, for well, us, huh? You gotta, yeah, you got to keep it real. Yeah. All <laughs> right. So now this, this is a team I've, you know, really been hating on all season. We got the Terrapins <laughs> from Maryland, and they're facing off against Belmont, a team that I really love. So what's your opinion on that one? Yeah, again, these two teams are playing in the Jacksonville region, which is, you know, Ah, you know, Belmont's in Tennessee and Maryland's in Maryland, so it's not really a home court advantage. You, you probably expect to see a few more ter Terrapin fans in the stadium in the stadium just because they're a bigger school. But um, I definitely the line is Belmont plus three, which means they're the underdogs, and I'm gonna take that plus three, and I I'm gonna take Belmont on the money line, which means I'm gonna pick them to straight outright win. Yeah, no, I I'm with you on this one as well. Uh, I mean, any team that loses to Nebraska, Penn State, Illinois, I mean, Maryland's been one of the most inconsistent teams all year. They have some great big guys down low, but I mean, Bel Belmont's just a lot more put together. If you if you yeah, and Belmont, you saw them last night in the playing game against Temple. They're just all around very solid team. They can shoot. They play solid D. They move their feet. They uh, don't, you know, make uh, boneheaded turnovers. They just play. They're just a real solid team. So in order for someone to beat them, they're going to have to play really, 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 really solid basketball. Yeah, no, the, the, only, the only chance I have uh, that I see for Maryland, you know, to even stick around in this one is Bruno. Bruno Fernando yeah. needs to, you know, really step up. He and, needs to play as and big he, as Bruno Mars. He, yeah, <laughs> exactly. he needs to hit that glass and make his free throws and, you know, really be consistent for him, which he hasn't been all yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, Mark Turgeon is a good coach for the Terps, but uh, – Again, I'm just going to tell you, you're giving me points with a team that I think is going to win anyways. I'm going to take the points and the money line. And just yeah, I mean, Be Belmont has just been on fire recently. Yeah. Until, they, until they lost to Murray State before that, I mean, they won almost 20 games in a row. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. that's unheard of in any conference. Yeah, they're a solid team, man. So we're both on Belmont. All right, and next up, we got LSU and Yale. Yale's been one of those picks that, you know, you, we've seen a lot of those bets at the window, you know? Yeah, yeah a lot of trendy, smart, uh, sharp guys are uh, actually are betting Yale down because they're just pounding the Yale number. And I get it. A, a lot of it has to do with the uncertainty of the LSU coaching uh, situation. Will Will Wade actually be able to coach? I saw him on Twitter saying all he all he did was follow his constitutional rights and he, and he deserves to be able to uh, coach while they're going through the investigation. And I think that's just going to kind of, you know, bring the team together. You know, it can go either way. You're at, you're at, they're at a fork in the road. My, my bet is I'll take LSU with the seven and a half just because they're just more talented than them. But this can go either way and they can actually lose this game. So yeah, I'm no, I'm, I'm actually kind of intrigued by the way LSU is handling this situation. Right. Uh, you see most, uh, most schools when they have, you know, something like this uh, on their hands, they do let the coach, you know, until he's proven guilty, you know, they, they let him do his thing. Right, right. But uh, this is, seems like it's almost sort of like an afterthought where you where they can go to the NCA and say this is almost like a self-imposed yeah. penalty type thing. Yeah. But I mean, until the NCA tells me to, you know, that my coach can't, you know, perform. I mean, I'm going to let him go. Let's, yeah. win, let's win this thing. Well, you know, and, and it's the LSU. They, they should be used to this kind of stuff. You know, yeah. I guess you, you would think basketball so. Basketball instead of football, you know? Yeah. So. But no, that is, I do see the spot, you know, that a lot of these sharp guys are looking at. But I mean, it's still Yale and an SEC team. Right. So I'm going to go with LSU in that one. Okay. All right. Next up, we got Louisville and Minnesota. An interesting little storyline here with the Patino yeah, matchup. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, you got the baby Patino. Little Rick, as I like to call him, Little Slick Rick, because his dad is Slick just a little Rick. slicker. But this is Little Slick Rick, who coaches over at Minnesota. He's a gopher. Um, going against the, the team that actually fired his dad, 
You know, think about how you would feel if you got a chance to, you know, stick it to a team that actually fired one of your family members. You yeah, know, this you, you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta do one for the for the family crest. Right, right, right. So we're looking at a line of Louisville is actually favored by five. So I'm definitely getting, I'm, me personally, this was a, a straight shooter. I'm definitely going to jump on Minnesota plus the five points. That's just a no-brainer. I think, you know, the teams are a little equal. Maybe Louisville's a little bit better. But with revenge on his mind and, and him really wanting to stick it, there's no way he's not watching extra film, doing whatever he can to be prepared to play uh, Louisville. Louisville's one of those teams, you know, I mean, in the beginning of the year, you're like, what are these guys doing? And then you watch them play, you know, in Chapel Hill. I mean, they beat the yeah. third-ranked team in the country by about 20 yeah. points. That game wasn't even close. Yeah. So that Louisville's a team where at their highest high, you know, they can beat anybody. And at their lowest low, you don't even know what, what's going on on the court. So, I mean, I, I've never been a big Minnesota guy, as you know. <laughs> and I'm definitely not taking the Gophers in this spot here. Uh, so I, you're laying the five. Yeah, I'm, lay, I'm laying the five with Louisville. Okay. All right. So our first one we kind of disagree on. He's laying the five. Uh, yeah. So he's taking Louisville minus five, which means they must win uh, by more than five. And I'm going to go ahead and take the plus five. Uh, with the Golden Gophers. Yeah, I just want everyone to know before they put their money on the Gophers and tail Mike here that Minnesota went down to Rutgers this season. So just keep, <laughs> keep that in mind uh, as you know. Well, we could talk about the, the collapse that Louisville had against Duke, you know, yeah. up late and oh, ended up losing, oh. you know. So yeah. there, it's, it's, again, bankroll management. Don't throw your whole bankroll on this game. That's no, what we're saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this, this is not one of our most confident picks. No. We'll, we'll get to those after, yeah. after we break these all down. Yeah. We'll get to, you know, our top three or five picks. But th this is not one of them. If yeah. anything, shot away yeah so next we got another 215 matchup we got uh the michigan state spartans against bradley what are you fighting is those in iowa it's kind of close to michigan so keep that in mind when you're filling out your bracket uh as far as a win we know michigan state's pretty much going to win this game we both feel pretty confident in that as far as the spread the number is 18 and a half yeah 18 and a half. Is, I, I believe that's gotten bet down since it opened. Or, or am, I, am I right in that one? I'm not sure. No. I'm not sure. I just, I just got the consensus line uh, of 18 and a half. But maybe because, you, you, again, these used to be these, these 215, 116 matchups used to be 25, 30 point spread. So, yeah. But you before know, you even like analyze any team, you're throwing a 25 up there. Yeah, exactly. and everyone's laying the points with the favorite. And it really seems, you know, like in today's day and age, you know, everyone's, you know, they're very, they lean towards taking the points in these spots. So I feel like the, the sports books, you know, have been kind of shying away from putting up a big number well yeah you know the, the the sharper people usually play the plus side and what they what they're doing by that is they're saying in order for you to beat me everything kind of has to go right if one of your players gets hurt if something happens you know and and it doesn't fall on the number they're gonna win so they like yeah. to take the under and they like to take the plus side so that's what a lot of sharper people are starting to do and now. the other thing is like especially in the first round you know a team like michigan state you know after they get to a commanding you know 20 25 point lead they're not gonna have you know their lead dogs out there they're not gonna leave cassius winston out yeah. there for the potential of an injury yeah. it's really not worth it in a first round game when you already got it locked up so exactly. that's when those 18 19 you know spreads really get interesting yeah. when you got all the you know boosters kids in there at the end of the game yeah. and that's yeah. what we like to call a backdoor cover yeah <laughs> you think you got oh, it one when the starters go out, Michigan State is up by 27. When the starters come back and the game ends, they lose by they win by 17. Yeah, and, and the, <laughs> the worst part is, is you're watching your money go right out the window, and you can't name a single player on the floor. That's causing it. No, no, it, it you, if you can feel the anger in my voice, uh, I may have a little bit of history. Uh, Had that happened before, huh? Yeah, yeah, may, maybe, maybe. So what are you doing with this number, 18 and a half? Whew, that, that, this is another game where I'm not very confident in yeah. it. Uh, 18 and a half. I'll take, I'll take the Bradley Braves plus okay. the 18 and a half. I'll do it. 
too. You know, this will not have one penny of my bankroll on it. No, But no. I'll go ahead and take Bradley Braves plus the 18 and a half as well. Okay, so that wraps up the East region. Now we're going to head down to the West. Uh, and right. the first matchup we have here is Gonzaga in the one seed squaring off with Fairleigh Dickinson, who uh, won in the first four yesterday against Prairie View A&M and went ahead and cashed my first NCAA <laughs> tournament bet of the year. Hey, Fairleigh Dickinson had a hell of a second half and a horrible first half. They were getting bombed from threes yep. from Prairie View in the first half, and I guess it kind of settled down when on their own little run and took care of business. As far as this matchup at Salt Lake City, the number is 27 and a half for the Zags. So the Zags are minus 27 and a half. And call me crazy, but I'm going to go ahead and lay the 27 and a half. Gonzaga has a history of, of playing teams that they're high, uh, they're, they're just overmatched, and they usually cover these spreads. They're pretty good at covering. Again, like Grant said in the last segment, you know, you got to watch these covers because it's the first round and how much do they really want to beat a team by. But I just think Gonzaga is that much. I watched. Um, Fairly Dickinson play last night. I was not impressed. I really think that the Zags should win by 30-plus in this game. Yeah, no, the one strength that Fairly Dickinson does have on their side is they do have the ability to shoot the three quite well. But, I mean, you're going up against arguably the best team in the country in the Bulldogs here. And I had the pleasure of watching them in the uh, West Coast final when they actually went down to St. Mary's. Right. And, you know, really seeing Hachimura and, you know, all these guys in person, they, they got something going on over there. They got a, a little different uh, – there's something different in the water this year when it comes to the Bulldogs. And I really think this might be their year. So uh, what's the number on this one you said? 20, 27. 27. So the thing is you have to really think about this angle is they play in the West Coast Conference. You know, they're almost, like, accustomed to laying these big numbers like this. Yeah. And, they, I mean – Fairly Dickinson? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm with the Zags on this one. I'm, I'm really uh, willing to lay the big number. All right, so we're both on the same side of that 27 and a half. All right, next up, we got an 8-9 matchup here between the Syracuse Orangemen and the Baylor Bears. Both teams, you know, very, very accustomed to running zones. So this is going to be one of those grind it out, try to score any points if we can type of games. Yeah, this is a, another one of those that won't have a penny of my bankroll on it. Uh, it's the Salt Lake region. It, it, the line is currently Syracuse minus two and a half which means they're favored by two and a half. Yeah, and the one thing you really got to look at in this matchup is whether Tyus Battle is going to play. I did see uh, from a couple of my sources the last couple of days, they said that he was going to play, but he, you have to rem uh, remember that he did sit out their last two games of the ACC tournament. So it's got to be something serious. I mean, they're playing Duke and he's not on the floor. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got to have your key players in March, and that's just, you know, the bottom line, and that's some of these teams are going to be uh, graded down or seeded less or because of injuries that might have happened where they're missing their key players. As far as this matchup, I'll go ahead and take the Qs minus the two and a half just because they play a zone. They play it all the time. It's pretty perfected. Baylor is a team that I think is kind of a little bit overseeded. I'm not really, I haven't been impressed with them all year. So I'll lay the two and a half with the Qs. Yeah, this is uh, one of the games I had my eye on when the Lions first came out. I went ahead and uh, jumped on Syracuse money line. I think I got it at uh, actually even money. Um, yeah, one of, one of the players on Syracuse I'd keep an eye on is Buddy Beheim. I mean, obviously he's got the, he's the coach's son. If he's if he's knocking it down from the outside and you got Chukwu down low doing his thing, I mean they're they're pretty solid. Is he um, his dad's designated driver now? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, we we went there, we went there. I mean, he should be. He should be. <laughs> he has to be. Somebody has to be. He should. But yeah. But anyways. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm on the orange man in this one. I got Syracuse to uh, advance and play Gonzaga in the second round. All right. Next up, we got a, another. The, these good old 5-12 matchups Ooh. that everyone loves taking the dog Ooh. on. 
We got the Marquette Golden Eagles squaring off against the Murray State Racers and John Morant. In Connecticut. In Connecticut. So oh, this is wow. this one is currently this line opened up a little bit high. I think it was Marquette minus five and a half. Yep. It's currently minus three and a half, which kind of means that the money is coming in on Murray State. This is probably the most exciting first round matchup. You got John Moran, who's expected to be the number two pick in the draft this year. And then, and, then, and then you have Marcus Howard on Marquette, two, arguably two of the best scorers in the country. Yeah, but uh, he looked a little bothered by his wrist in the in the uh, Big East tournament. Kind of thing kind of affected him a little bit. So that's something to keep an eye on when you're handicapping this game. As for me, and and uh, as electric as it is, I have a little bit of percent. I'll, I'll be on Murray State with the uh, outright win. You know, that's just me. Um, those guys, John Moran has, a, has has some players behind him that can actually play some ball, man. Those guys play together. Uh, they beat Belmont. Think about that. They beat Belmont twice in the year. Um, they're just firing on all cylinders. And, and other than Marcus Howard, I mean, I, the brothers are okay on Marquette, but I just, you know, and then plus they're coached by Dookie. So how can I really back them when Wojo is their coach? Yeah, when it, when it comes to the Golden Eagles, their X factor is really Sam Hauser on the outside. Uh, if, yeah, Hauser. If, if, he, if he's knocking it down, I mean, it, it, they're, they're a completely different team when they have Howard and Hauser outside both knocking it down. And then Murray State, John Morant is just a force. This is a game that I'm not touching with a 10-foot pole <laughs> when it comes to my own bankroll. Uh, I'm going to go... Uh, I like Marquette, you know, because they're from Milwaukee. The number looks better. This, this is a coin toss game. Yeah. If, you've, if I've ever seen one, this is a coin toss yeah, game. Yeah, definitely. I'll go with Marquette to make things interesting. All right, so you're taking Marquette minus three and a half, and I'm, I'm going with them plus the three and a half. Cool. All right, next up we have Florida State. Oh! Sorry. <laughs> we got Florida State at the four <laughs> seed and Vermont at the 13. And this is also a spot where a lot of these sharp guys, you know, have been taking the catamounts plus the points because one key factor, this game's being played way up in the northeast region of the country, up in Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of catamount faithful if, if, there's, if there's such a thing that will be at this game. Yeah, I think I saw this number at around 11 and a half or 12 when, it, when the lines first came out. It's down to nine. Um, so the smart, the sharps of people are betting throwing their money on Vermont, and I can understand now. With this number at nine, though, uh, if you look at Leonard Hamilton, he's a very, very good coach at Florida State. His team's usually overachieving these tournaments. I just don't think Vermont has the talent to be able to beat Florida State. So I'll take Florida State to advance in my bracket. As far as the nine, I'll go ahead and lay the nine. Florida State looked really, really good in the ACC tournament. I was impressed with their length, their athleticism. They can guard you out, out on the perimeter. They can guard you in the middle. Uh, they're they're not. They don't have a star player, but they have a complete team, and those kind of teams kind of do something because in March Madness you're gonna kind of key on your your star players. But if they have no star player for the other team to key on, everybody can kind of get involved. So I'll go with the Seminoles to win and cover the nine. Yeah, I mean when it comes to Vermont, you know they really have a force down low in Jeremy Lamb, a unanimous American East Player of the Year. Uh, I have seen the Catamounts play several times this season, but the athleticism of Florida State is gonna be an issue when it really comes down to it. Uh, I'm going to lay the points here with Florida State. I hope it's a good game. I would love to see, you know, Vermont keep things close. Definitely. But I think Florida State's a very focused team. And, yeah, I, I got them uh, going through the first yeah, round Yeah, when here. you get those kind of teams that can guard one through five, man, it makes it real difficult in a one-win-or-girl-home situation, man. Yeah. That's what they can do. But the thing is, there's crazy things that happen yeah. here in the NCAA yeah. tournament. And this is a spot where, you know, a team's very close to home. Um, yeah, I mean, you have to look at taking the points here. But, I mean, this is not a game I'm touching with my uh, bankroll at by any means. Gotcha. All right, next up, we have Buffalo squaring off against either Arizona State or St. John's. And this is going to be in the Tulsa region. We Again, we don't know where they're playing because Arizona State and St. John's will play tonight. 
And before we kind of handicap that, let's talk about the Arizona State-St. John's game. Yeah, I'm going with the Sun Devils in that one. Uh, unless Pons really has a crazy day for the Johnnies. I don't think it's even going to be close. But the thing is, I mean, Arizona State plays in the Pac-12, the Conference of Chumps. Yeah. So <laughs> when, 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 you, when you really get down to the bottom of it, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I've seen Cheatham, you know, have great games. You know, the Sun Devils. Like, beginning of the year, Sun Devils were a top-10 team. Yeah. They're great. And then next thing you know, they're losing to Princeton yeah. at home. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean... Some Devils look pretty good in the Pac-12 tournament, losing to the eventual champion, Oregon Ducks. Uh, I'm just going to take the points just because it's better to, to, to me. I, I, they're pretty much even teams, so I'll just go ahead and take the plus two with St. John's. And another reason is Arizona State is coached by another Duke guy, Bobby Hurley, and I just can't back them. So I'll take the Johnnies tonight, and you'll, you'll go ahead and roll with the Sun Devils. Yeah, I went ahead and hopped on the Sun Devils real early when that line came out. So I got them advancing to this game against Buffalo. Okay. So we got a little bit of a different yeah, angle on yeah. this one. But, yeah. I mean, the Bison when it, uh, the Bison at Buffalo, very, very popular pick, you know, as Cinderella. I wouldn't even call them a Cinderella. No. I mean, they're really a six seed. Yeah. This isn't a George Mason or something like that. No. This is a good team. I mean, you got to understand, they took down Arizona last year when Arizona had all those NBA players. Yeah, so that, that, that was an unreal upset right, right there. That, right. One, that one really caught me off guard. Right. Let's not forget that, you know. So to me... Uh, it doesn't matter who they play. Uh, Buffalo is going to win. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, uh, I haven't no. been able to handicap it yet because we don't know the matchup. But I got Buffalo advancing regardless. Yeah, no, Buffalo's offense, I mean, when they're hitting on – they're in the 97th percentile in the country in offensive efficiency. And, I mean, you can't overlook that. I mean, What's that mean, Grant? What's huh? that mean? Don't e- that effective field goal percentage. <laughs> okay. All there right. you go. Put that down for me so I understand. <laughs> so they're 97%. That means they're very, very effective. Yes, field goal. yes, okay? yes. All right, got it, got it. All right, next up we have the Red Raiders of Texas Tech against the Northern Kentucky Norse. All right, again, this is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oklahoma's very close to Texas. Expect a big, big contingent of Red Raiders to show up and fill up that stadium. Uh, I'll just keep this one nice and short. I'll go ahead. The number is minus 13, which means Texas Tech is favored by 13. And I'll go ahead and lay the the 13 because they should win by 20. Now, when I think about... Uh, that 13 number, I think it's very spot on. And you have to think about when you're laying a number, you know, more than 12, you know, these bigger numbers like this, you have to think about the team's style of play. So okay. when you think about a Texas Tech, they play, you know, a very almost at a snail's pace, if you will. And they really, you know, focus on the defensive end. And if they're not hitting their threes, I mean, that's really a big number. Yeah. And I'm not saying Northern Kentucky's, you know, a very talented team because, you know, they're really not. They're scrappy. They can hit threes, you know, very consistent at the free throw line. But, I mean, at the end of the day, that's, that's a pretty big number. This is another game that I'm not touching, but I, I, I do like the Red Raiders, you know, to make a deep, deep run this year. So I'm going to – I'll lay the 12. <laughs> but not, but, After all that, I'll lay the 12. But you, ha- you have to really look at it, and I'm not touching this with my own bankroll again. The number's 13. You're going to lay the 13? I just want to make sure. It, you know, oh, Lord. Yeah. See, I, I'm, I'm not touching this, but, you know, yeah. for, for conversation's yeah. sake, yes. Okay. All right. So we're both <laughs> on Texas Tech laying the 13. And right. next up, we have my Wolfpack Ooh. of Nevada squaring off for the first time in the history of college basketball against the Florida Gators. And this game is in Iowa, which is pretty much a middle ground as Florida is coming from Florida and Nevada is coming from Nevada. Can you imagine that? You get you make the NCAA tournament and you 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 get a little envelope and it says your first round matchup is against <laughs> Florida. And you're like, OK, this is a big game man. we're playing in Des Moines, Iowa. Oh, that, that, that's just rough. That's, but really, when you look at these first round locations, I mean, they're all brutal yeah, they're places. All, they're all backyard. Columbus, Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, yeah, where do you really want to yeah, go? Yeah. Minneapolis. That's where. Yeah. Salt Lake City, I know Russell Westbrook doesn't want to go to Salt Lake City. Yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. Okay. So as do, far as this game, ooh, this is a, you know, those 7-10 matchups are, are very similar to the 5-12 matchups where, you know, you sometimes you get a 10 seed that uh, 
takes care of business and upsets the seventh seed. In this matchup with Nevada, minus two, I'll go ahead and lay the points as long as Jordan Caroline is going to play. If Jordan Caroline does not play, uh, I'm sorry to say I don't see the Wolfpack even winning this game. So Jordan Caroline is going to be needed, and he's going to be needed to be effective. Yeah, I mean, we were missing Jordan Caroline in the uh, Mountain West uh, and you saw how that semifinal, happened. and you went ahead and saw how that went. Yeah. I know he has an Achilles injury, and that's not really anything to take lightly. Uh, but, I mean, if he's in there, I like our chances. Yeah. Uh, Florida's a good team. They're really tough. But uh, I'm going to go have to go with the Wolfpack. Definitely. So we're both on the Wolfpack. Of course, you're on the Wolfpack. Minus two. Next up. This is also an interesting matchup we have here with Michigan and Montana. This is a rematch of an NCAA tournament game last year. I'm actually kind of intrigued that the, you know, the the committee really put these teams, you know, matched matched them up again. But Mm -hmm. yeah, who do you like in that one? Well, you know, you from earlier podcasts, you know how I feel about the Wolverines. I think they're spotty, shady. They have the talent to do better. They're... Uh, underachieving all year long. Uh, this is not a spot they're going to lose, but there's no way in hell I can lay 15 points with this team right now. So I'll go ahead and take the Grizz plus the 15 points. Yeah, no, this is a line that's been bet down. I want to say it opened around 17 and a half, 18. Yeah. And, you know, there's been a lot of people, you know, hopping on Montana in this one. But, I mean, I can't see Michigan going down in the first round. I do, however, see them potentially losing in the second round against the winner of that Nevada-Florida matchup. I mean, Michigan's just been so inconsistent this year. I, I Yeah. yeah right. That's pretty much all you can say. They're inconsistent. Uh, when, you're, when you see a team that's inconsistent, don't put your money on them. So stay exactly. away from them right now. Don't put your bankroll on that would be my suggestion. Okay, so that wraps up the West region. We're, we have completed the East and the West, and we're going to take a quick break here, and we'll get right back for the last two regions. All right, sounds good. You're listening to the Talk Shop Pod, giving you the content to sound smarter than your friends and hopefully putting some money in your pocket. Your source for all things sports, betting, beer, and sports. Please do us a favor and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Talk Shop Pod. Hi, welcome back to the Talk Shop Pod. Guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> we are back to break down the remaining two regions of the 2019 NCAA tournament bracket. And we're going to start off in Columbia with Virginia against Gardner Webb. Oof. Another one of those 116s. <laughs> I mean, the first thought is Virginia went down last year as a one, which, which means that they're going to be ready to play in that game come this season. Yeah, like we spoke about on, on the last podcast, we do like their laser, laser focus. They're playing with a chip on their shoulder. Uh, they showed that, you know. But they did lose the ACC tournament. So we got to see what kind of mixed bags, you know, if Virginia is the regular Virginia or if they're this new and improved focus Virginia. As far as the line, uh, it's 22 and a half. So Virginia is favored by 22 and a half points. And you know, like like Grant was saying earlier with that with that pace, pace of play and then those kind of big things, you got to kind of watch the pace of play with these big numbers because they don't really produce enough possessions to be able to cover these kind of numbers. Uh, Virginia has covered them. And uh, I don't know much about Gardner-Webb, honestly, so I'll just go ahead and lay the 22-and-a-half of Virginia, but I'm not putting any money on it. Yeah, no, I'm definitely staying away from this one. Uh, the only lean I would have is, like I said, I think Virginia is going to be ready to play, and I, I still like Virginia to you know potentially get to the Final Four, maybe even the championship. I mean, if you have DeAndre Hunter, Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, Diakite down low, I mean, if they're hitting their shots outside and Ty Jerome you know, is doing his thing, I mean, I don't think anyone can stop him. Uh, especially in this region, uh, at, at least until they would face off with Tennessee. But, yeah, I, I, I like Virginia. So you're laying it? I, I'm going to lay it. Okay. I don't know about my own bankroll, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to lay it. <laughs> lay somebody else's bankroll, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, run, I'll run for someone. 
Exactly. Right. Okay, so we're both laying the 22 and a half in that game. Next up, we have another 8-9 matchup. We got Ole Miss against the Oklahoma Sooners. Okay, this one is in Columbia, South Carolina as well. This one I am laying a substantial amount of my bankroll on because I'm just not a believer in the Oklahoma Sooners. I think they're a football team, a football school trying to play basketball. I do respect Lon Kruger as a very good coach. Uh, he's done it throughout the years. He just doesn't have the talent. If you think about it, those same guys that were standing around watching Trey Young uh, shoot 40 and 50 times a game, they're now expected to make plays. They didn't have to do that last year, and so they didn't do it this year. Uh, big, big, big play for me on Ole Miss land the minus one. Yeah, no, I can't even see this one being close. You know, I am a Lon Kruger guy. I really uh, respected him when he was at UNLV and, you know, what he did with that program. And, you know, like you said, he does get the most out of his guys, but they just don't have the horses to keep up with Ole Miss. And the fact that this line is, what is it, minus one? Yeah, it's basically a pick it, it, When it, <laughs> This line is a pick em. I mean, this, this is a spot where we both agree you need to, you know, lay, lay some change down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ole Miss is known for getting to the rim. And, I mean, Oklahoma, their defense is just horrible. Horrible. They're really brutal. And I mean, they're not playing this game at home, so I can't see this one being close at all. No. So we're both going to go ahead and lay the points, that minus one. The Ole Miss Rebels minus the one. Lock it in. Put it on wax, as my guy Mike would Put say. Put it on wax. <laughs> all right. Next up, we have a very, very interesting 5-12 matchup here. This, this, is, this is one of the biggest first-round uh, matchups that I've seen. This is definitely, I think this game's seen the most action of any game in the first round. We have... The 5-12 matchup between the Wisconsin Badgers and the Oregon Ducks. Well, full disclaimer, you know how much I hate the Ducks if you know me. Uh, in basketball, football, Nike, whatever, I try not to support them as much as I can. In this matchup, which is, the line is currently Wisconsin minus one and a half. You got to really dissect that. This this line has been going back and forth. Both teams were, have been the favorite. Uh, it's a very, very intriguing matchup. It's going to be a very, very slow-paced type of defense type grind it out game and normally normally i would go with the badgers because they specialize in those type of games in this situation with oregon coming down to san jose all those those flock of duck fans are going to be traveling from eugene and portland and through the bay area on down to san jose it's going to be basically a home game for them they play really really well in the pac-12 tournament and, and we're uh pac-12 tournament champions so i'm just going to go ahead i actually went on the money line with oregon um and that's where i still stand yeah, no, I'm all over the Badgers of in course. this one, as you can imagine. <laughs> uh, Oregon and Wisconsin, you know, Oregon runs that zone defense, and I don't think that Wisconsin's going to be scared of that by any means. I think, you know, they have the tools, you know, really attack that zone, you know, from the high post. And, I mean, if we have Davison and, you know, all of our guys, you know, really knocking it down on the outside and hap down low, I can't even see it really being close. Really being or, close? Or, Oregon is one of the hottest teams in the country right now. I'll give them that. But, I mean, they, I, I, they shouldn't even be – if they wouldn't have won the Pac-12, they're nowhere even near the tournament field. And so, just because you won three games doesn't mean you should be in the tournament. I like the Badgers here. Okay. And the reason I like the Badgers is because I, I, I'm not a believer in Oregon. This is a team that lost to Texas Southern in the beginning of the year. Okay. I mean, that, that, if, if I underline any stat, that, that, that's, <laughs> that's one it. of them right there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you make a valid point. You really yeah. do. And as much as I love to go against Oregon, I just it's a home game for them. Um, if you happen to get behind late by four or five points in your Oregon, you just turn into the hack-a-hack. If the dude can't yeah. shoot free throws, if, if I'm if I'm down four late, I'm gonna go ahead and foul him and make him beat us, and I don't think he can. Yeah, I'm not the, the one angle I have. Is I'm not sure how many Oregon fans are really gonna be in San Jose oh, because okay. they, they didn't even know they were in the tournament until what six days ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, don't they know. They didn't expect to win the tournament, but now they 
in the first round. That's that's yeah. not, they're gonna flock, man. I'm telling you. Ba- Badgers by eight. Badgers Ooh, by eight. Okay, all right. There all you right. have it on wax. Next up, this is a very intriguing spot where we've seen a lot of action on the dog. We have the four seed Kansas State and number thirteen. UC Irvine. Yeah, this is another one. This is being played in San Jose. Uh, this is another one where the Sharps are kind of on the underdog. UC Irvine. This line has been bet down to minus five. Um, the thing you got to worry about with this is you got to find out the status of Wade on Kansas State first. You got to know if he's in the lineup, if he's out. Well, sources are pretty much saying he's going to be out for these first two games if they happen to play two games. So with the, with him out, you got to kind of handicap it differently. Uh, with him out, I still think five is a short number for Kansas State. Uh, Bruce Weber is a very good coach. They have a very, very, very senior-laden team. They have a solid team. Uh, I like what they do in the Big 12. So I'll go ahead and lay the minus five with Kansas State. Yeah, no, I'm not really sure what everyone sees with UC Irvine. Right. I, I know that they're good and eaters. Yeah, they're, they're a good team. <laughs> but, I mean, I can't really see him taking down, you know, a power like Kansas State. And like you said, you know, Bruce Weber's a great coach. Yeah. And, I mean, they are a completely different team when they have Wade in the mix. But, I mean, even without him there, I mean, you've got to think they're going to beat a UC Irvine team. It's, it's round one of the tournament. But it is the tournament. Yeah, and crazy things can happen. I mean, and give props to UC Irvine. They might be the best team on the West Coast. <laughs> oh wow! I mean, I'm just if you just go up and down the coast. I you, mean, you see Irvine, Oregon, neutral site. Who you got? Neutral site. I'm taking UC Irvine. Oh, oh wow! Mean, we might see that matchup. We yeah, uh, round we probably two. will. No, I'm just kidding. Nah, they won't win this one. But what I'm saying is they're a solid team, so I can understand why the number's so low. But I'm just I'm just gonna lay the five because I trust Bruce Weber during tournament times. Guy's been in national championship games. He's a great coach. Uh, I'll ride with him in the first round. All right, there you go. Heard it here first. Yeah, Kansas State. All right, next up, we have a 6-11 matchup, Villanova and St. Mary's. This is an interesting one here. This is interesting. This is being played in Connecticut. And if you know anything about geography, you know Villanova is closer to Connecticut than Moraga, California. So you got to factor that into your handicapping. For me, personally, this line has moved all the way down that it makes me think twice, but I just don't see how St. Mary's wins this game. I just feel like Villanova, Big East, rugged style is going to kind of just – and impose their will, uh, get in passing lanes, rebound the ball, just play a gritty game that I don't think St. Mary's is going to be ready for. This is not your typical, you know, uh, WCC opponent where you can just kind of shoot threes. Villanova is going to guard you. They don't have the talent that they have last year. They're going to guard you. They're going to guard you for 40 minutes, grind it out. I just see a Villanova 9 or 10 point win for me. So I just went on to uh, Nova. Would you say the line was on this one? It's currently four and a half. Jumps four, all the and a half. four and a half. That, that is yeah. nuts to me. I mean, St. Mary's, I, I did have the pleasure of seeing them in the final against Gonzaga. But, I mean, really the reason that they won that is because, I mean, Gonzaga was in foul trouble. Gonzaga couldn't hit a – they couldn't hit water yeah. if they fell out of a boat. It was just an <laughs> off night for them. And I think I like that sound. Like, that was good. <laughs> but, I mean, St. Mary's, is they're just not a very good team. I mean, they're big guys. Like, they're just they, – they're really goofy. Like, they're they're big guys. They can't match up with, you know, these horses from Villanova. And, I, I mean, I can just see, you know, Villanova, a little punk fake. This guy's yeah. soaring through the rafters. Yeah. Like, it, it's not even going to be close, if you ask me. There you go. But, yeah, Villanova. So you can actually – it looks like this line is continuing to go down. Uh, yeah, I, I would wait till tip. Yeah, yeah, exactly, because I got it at six, and it's now four and a half. So I might yeah. have to go back in and get some more of it. Yeah, uh, personally. You, you hear that? He's going back for seconds, you know. <laughs> four and a half, I just don't see it. I don't see it. All right, next up, this is also an interesting one that I'm all over. We have the three-seed Purdue Boilermakers against – the number 14 seed, Old Dominion. Old DU. Well, I know you. I know where you're going on this one, being a Badger. Uh, I understand it. I get it. 
Uh, for me, I'm just going to trust Matt Painter. Uh, ODU has had a solid season. They're a very good mid-major. I respect their gangster. But uh, I'm just going to go ahead and take Purdue just because they have the better players and they have the better coach. Yeah, I was actually tuned into the uh, Conference USA tournament over the weekend, and I did get a chance to, you know, have some action on Old Dominion. And, you know, they came through for me. They actually ended up winning the tournament, and that's why you find them here. I, I was able to get them at 13 and a half oh. when the line first came out. And, yeah, I'm all over the Monarchs in this one. Oh, Monarchs plus 13 and a half. What do you yeah. see in them? I'm, I'm curious. I, I don't know. I mean, Purdue, Purdue's guard, it was named Chris Edwards, that's his name? Yeah, Kaysen. Kaysen Edwards. Carson Edwards. Carson. Oh, boy. Carson, Kaysen, or Chris. He, he's, been, he's been very inconsistent. And, I mean, when he's not on, I mean, what do they have? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, they're kind, they're kind of a, uh, you know, one-stop shop when it comes to, you know, him is the, at the helm. And yeah, so I mean, thirteen points is a lot of points. That's right, I'll, right, I'll take him. I'll take right. it and run. Yeah, you, hey, you making me change my mind? Can I get on that? Yeah, of course. All right, you I'll can. go with ODU plus thirteen. There we man. go. There See we what go. the podcast is doing, man. You listen, you inhale all the information, and then you make a, a, a decision. Yeah. So I'm going. We're both going ODU plus thirteen. There you go. Right. Next up, we have the seven-seeded Cincinnati Bearcats against the Iowa Hawkeyes. Where, where's this one being played? Ooh, this one is in Columbus, Ohio. Okay, so you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta really put that into effect. I mean, Iowa's not too far either, but I mean, Cincinnati's almost playing at home. Right. That, yeah, you can almost take an Uber and get to that one. Right. The line is currently minus three and a half for Cincinnati, so that means they're the favorite. Um, I definitely jumped on the Bearcats. I've never, I haven't been impressed with. The Hawkeyes all season long. I just think they're just kind of just a normal set of guys out there just running plays, but with not, no real talent or athletic ability. So I'll go ahead and take Nick Cronin and his tough defensive nature uh, in a tournament setting. Three and a half seems a little bit short to me because I think they'll win by nine or ten. So I went on took Bearcats minus three and a half. Yeah, when they talk about the NCAA tournament, you know, it's all about peaking at the right time. And when you think about the Hawkeyes, that is the exact opposite of what they're doing. They've lost five out of the last six, and they've really had shooting woes from the outside. And when they don't have that, I mean, what do they have? Like you said, it's just yeah. this is a whole bunch of me. It's like me and you yeah, out there yeah, just playing some yeah, basketball. Yeah, right. How are we going to attack this Cincy zone? Yeah. And I don't know how we would do that. And so. if you think about it, Cincinnati, like you said, it's about playing hot at the right time. Cincinnati ran through the AAC tournament, actually beat Houston. Yep. You know, and beat them pretty sound. Yeah, 12 you know? points exactly, in the final there. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I'm, I'm going to roll with the, the Bearcats, and it sounds like you're on the same train. Yeah, no, I definitely am. I, you have to have a, uh, another sense of, like, a little revenge for Cincinnati. They had that terrible loss last year to Nevada. Oh. They're up, like, 23 oh, yeah. points, ended up losing that. And you have to think that's in the back of, you know, Cumberland and a couple of these other guys' minds when they, uh, you know, take the court for this one. Definitely, definitely. All right, Cincinnati, we're taking them in that one. And next up, we have the fighting toothpaste of Colgate against... <laughs> The Tennessee Volunteers, a little, a little two fifteen matchup. Who you like in this one? The Fighting Toothpastes. I love it. Oh my god, that's creative. Uh, you know, I, I straight up, you know, you know how I feel about Rick Barnes. He'll end up choking, him, but he won't choke at this one. So Tennessee safely into the second round, in my opinion. However, the numbers minus seventeen and a half. This is a game that's being played in Columbus, Ohio, as well. Uh, you got to kind of, you know, take a look at Colgate with eighteen points. Um, how really invested is Tennessee going to be in covering this number? I think they're just going to be a win and get out. So I'll, I'll, I won't be betting it, but if I had to, I'd take Colgate plus the 17 and a half. 
When it comes to Colgate, I mean, they're really one of the best shooting teams in the country. Yeah. They have three or four guys on the perimeter that shoot over 35% from three. And when you really think about that, I mean, Dad, those are some weapons out there. So they got some snipers on the outside. And, you know, I really think, you know, within the first, you know, this is the game I'm looking to hop on in play, to be completely honest with you. You know, this is a game I want to watch, you know, the first five, seven minutes and really see, you know, if the volunteers are invested in this game and not even invested in the game. I think they're going to win outright, but really invested in covering a number. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking to take Colgate with the points in this. Uh, what did you say the line was on this? 17 and a half. 17 and a half, yeah. See, I'm, I, I would look to hop in play and try to get, you know, a little bit more than a 20, maybe a 21. Um, but yeah. So Tennessee comes out and it's 8 nothing. that line will probably end up being Colgate 21. Exactly, so, exactly. So when I'm watching those first five, seven minutes, you know, I'm looking for Tennessee to score so I can get, you know, 20, 21 exactly. points on it. Exactly. All right, so we're both going with Tennessee in that. But look, keeping our eye on Colgate once the game begins. All right, next up, we're going to the Midwest region. We have the one-seeded North Carolina Tar Heels taking on the Iona Gales. Well, this one's quite easy for me. This is an overmatch, uh, pace of play mismatch. North Carolina, one of the fastest teams in the uh, country, um, pretty much scores over 80 points a game. Uh, going against Iona, who is pretty much just happy to be in the tournament. Uh, I look for North Carolina to go ahead and cover this. We usually cover first-round matchups. Uh, this should be a 30-point game. I think the number is kind of cheap at 23. I think it was at 27 when it came out, and so it's all the way down to 23. And uh, I'll go ahead and take the minus 23 and lay that with the heels. Yeah, well, I mean, when you look at this Midwest bracket here, you have to just shoot the Tar Heels in all the way to the Midwest final. Um, when you really look at it, I mean, if you got Iona first round, the winner of Washington State, Utah State, that should be an easy W. And then, I mean, I think Kansas is the most overseeded team in the in the tournament. I mean, a four seed, what have they done for us this year? I mean, that that's ridiculous to me. But yeah, no, UNC shoe into the second round. Uh, yeah, so we both agree with that one. Next up, we have Mike's Huskies uh, squaring off in an 8-9 matchup against the Utah State Aggies. <laughs> nah, man, I don't think the dogs will be barking. This game will be played in uh, – where, where is this game being played? I think it's in Ohio. Um, I just don't like what I saw out of the Huskies. I don't I, – I, they really completely let me down in that Pac-12 championship game against Oregon. I mean, it's a rivalry. You have to be able to get up. You have to be able to lace your shoes up. You pull your socks up. And you got to be able to play your rival a, a lot tougher, especially when you can keep them from actually getting into the tournament. And I just didn't see that. Just the heart is missing from this team. The 2-3 zone is overplayed. It's easy to figure out if you have enough time to prepare for it. Utah State is actually the Mountain West champions. They shoot the ball very good. Sam Merrill can hit you from any spot on the court. They have a nice big guy in the middle. Uh, this is just going to be, to me, this is just going to be a Utah State victory. Um, they're going to cover the three, and they're going to roll on. Yeah, this is a very intriguing matchup. Uh, kind of a conflict in styles when you think about it. Uh, Washington out of the Pac-12 really, you know, Runs their, runs their zone, and, I mean, Utah State's, they're arguably one of the hottest teams in the country, too. You know, they have Sam Merrill. I, I mean, I hope he doesn't win Mountain West Player of the Year, but I think, I think he's going to, though. Yeah, he should. I mean, Caleb Martin won it last year. You're not going to win it twice in a row. Yeah. So, yeah, that, we'll call him the Mountain West Player of the Year, Sam Merrill. And, yeah, I mean, that if anyone's if you watch that Pac-12 championship game, I mean, I hope you didn't watch the whole thing. I, I know I turned my you TV off. You couldn't have made it through. You couldn't have made it through. I got a question for you. <laughs> what, what was worse, the Pac-12 football championship oh. or the basketball championship? And the sad thing about it is the Huskies were involved in both of them. So, yeah. you know. The only, the only thing I'm going to say is you're not going to see either of those games on ESPN Classic no. anytime no, soon. No, no, anytime delete, soon. Deleted the files. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go with the Aggies as well. I mean, okay. when I got this guy, a Husky in front yeah, of me, it not hurts going my with. Heart. It hurts my heart. I think they're about a year away from being a real player uh it's nice to see them back in the tournament but i think this is a one and done son 
Wow. No more Matisse Thibel, huh? Hey, baller, but yeah. you just got to call it when you see it. You All know? right. It'll be on Sam Merrill. Yeah. You know, that'd be a good matchup. It will be. It will but be. That, we I'm, play zone. It's like, yeah. it's like if you play a 2-3 zone and, and another team is killing it, you need to have the ability to switch to man-to-man. And no matter if we're getting killed or not, they stick in the 2-3 zone. And it's just, just stubbornness, coaching stubbornness, you know? Yep. And I like Mike Hopkins, but just got to call it how I see it, man. Yeah, you got you to be able to make adjustments on the fly, yep. uh, especially this time of year. You have to. Yep. All right, next up, uh, we have the Auburn Tigers against the New Mexico State Aggies, a 5-12 matchup. This game's being played in Utah. Uh, Auburn is currently at minus 5.5. I think they opened at a 7.5 or an 8. So money is coming in on New Mexico State. Uh, New Mexico State's a very, very solid, solid ball club. If the number was uh, 8, I would probably take New Mexico State, too, at 5.5. I'm kind of going to lead towards Auburn. I just think they're, they're hot off the presses off a of SEC tournament championship. Bruce Pearl is kind of made for March. He's a great, great uh, tournament coach. Uh, I just like Auburn to not only win, but cover this number. And it'll probably be in the six to nine range. Yeah, no, this is a New Mexico State team that, I mean, they won their conference final by 32 points. Against who? Oh, see, that we don't want to get to that part. <laughs> Grand, the, the Grand Canyon Lopes. Exactly, you know? Yeah. I mean, I respect Dan Marley, but come on, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, th- this is a team that's won about 20 games in a row. Uh, Auburn, I mean, I called that one right. That was my pick to win the yeah. SEC tournament. Bruce yeah. Pearl was able, able to rally the troops. You did. Yeah, and I mean, I, I'm, I'm with Auburn in this spot right here. Okay, so we're both on Auburn to cover the five and a half. Next up, we have the number four-seeded Kansas Jayhawks, Rock Chalk, against... The 13 seeded Northeastern, I believe the Huskies? Yeah, I think they are the Huskies. Yeah, I think uh, Jim Calhoun was involved in that program at one time. So it was the Huskies. Yeah. It was the Huskies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as this matchup's being played in Utah as well, think about where Northeastern is. Uh, they got to travel. I think they're up there in the, you know, up there in that. They're in like the, the Massachusetts yeah, area. Yeah, up there where the country kind of curves. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they got to travel all the way to Salt Lake City to take on a team full of athletes. You know, that's a recipe for a disaster. However, the betting sharps and the betting lines seem to think something different. This this number, every day I wake up, this number has gone down and down and down, and I don't understand the movement. You know, so although I don't think this is a normal one seed type of uh, Kansas Jayhawks team, they should have no problem beating these guys by 10, 11, 12 points. I just don't get it. Yeah, when this line first came out, I mean, I had to do a double take on it. I mean, when I did my personal numbers, I had this at, you know, about a 16 or a 15, you know, the Jayhawks laying 15. And I mean, it came out at an eight. And so, you know, I, I thought I was doing the smart thing by hopping on it early and, you know, putting a good amount of my bankroll on it. I woke up the next day, we we're at six and a half. Yeah. So I was a little confused there. And then when I really, you know, looked into it, I looked at Northeastern's numbers. I mean, they really can shoot the rock, but I don't, I just don't think they have the horses to keep up with the Kansas. This is a big 12, you know, perennial power. Yes, they're having a down year. Yes, they underperformed, but it's still Kansas. And I mean, Kansas against Northeastern. I mean, I think Kansas is going to be ready to play. And yeah, so I went ahead and laid the eight. Is this a max play? This this was like a this is a good this is a good three or four unit play for me yeah. and I'm look I'm looking forward to putting some more possibly yeah uh, yeah Dev, I mean as I'm staring at the six and a half it's just calling my name and calling yeah. my name so it's probably gonna be a max play another max play for me because I just don't see how Kansas doesn't win by double digits yeah it, I it's yeah I, I don't understand that line <laughs> to be completely honest with you this is one of the spots I really you know had circled from the get go right. and yeah so under the next we were both with the Jayhawks in that one yeah yes sir all right next up we have a six eleven matchup between. In the Iowa State move your body like a cyclone <laughs> and the 11 seeded Ohio State Buckeyes. Hey man, Ohio State is garbage. 
first of all. This they're, they're, they're a fraud. You heard it here first. <laughs> this game is being played in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is right up the street. You know, Iowa State's within, you know, walking distance. Um, I just like the Cyclones. I, I like the Cyclones to do some damage in this tournament long term, and covering five and a half should not be a problem. Yeah, the, 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 I mean, the Cyclones were my Big 12 tournament pick. That one also came through in cash. Yeah, you did. You did uh, I, I love Shayok at the point. Well, just watching him play is great. I'll be tuned into this one for sure. This is another spot I hopped on right away. I believe I got it at five and a half. I'm yep. not sure what it's at now. Five and a half. Five, so that means there's two-way action on this. Yep. And, I mean, if you're putting your money on the Buckeyes this time of year, you need to check yourself. That's you're for a sure. Buck nut. Yeah, you heard, you heard it here first. Yeah, so I'm all over the Cyclones yeah. in this. I don't even see it being close. Yeah, I don't even know why Ohio State is in the tournament. Yeah, no, Ohio State should not be in the tournament. Yeah. I think UNC Greensboro should have got in, but that's my only complaint. Yeah, pretty much, pretty yeah, much. So right with you on that. We're both on the six-seeded Iowa State uh, Cyclones in that one. Yes, sir. Next up, a 314 matchup. We have the Houston Cougars squaring off against 14-seeded Georgia State. This one's being played in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The current line is minus 12. I know this line was a lot bigger when it opened up, so people are eating up Georgia State. Uh, a couple of people on the VCN network are picking Georgia State to win outright. So that made Ooh. me do a double take. That made me try to figure out what the heck is going on. I just don't see an outright win. But I do see Georgia State being able to keep it close. They have a lot of transfers from uh, D1 schools like Alabama, a couple other D1 schools. So they won't be phased by the moment. They definitely won't be a phased by a Houston team that has only one or two weapons. So I do like them to keep this close. I'll go ahead and take the Georgia State plus the 12. But I do see Houston kind of winning outright. Yeah, the thing that's interesting to me is, I mean, this Houston team, like you said, some of the VEASAN guys were uh, go ahead and picking Georgia State. I mean, earlier in the year, these are the same guys that were picking Houston to make a deep run. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. when you really think about it, I mean, if they're, they see something so, you know, so strong, you know, in their favor where they're willing to switch sides like that, I mean, this is a game I'm staying far, far away. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know much about Georgia State. You don't, um, don't want to sprinkle a little bit of Georgia State money line? I mean, you might as well at this point. You, <laughs> yeah. might, you might as well. I mean, Houston's not a team with much experience. Right. They're not, I mean, a three seed. You, if you had told me that preseason, I would have told you you're crazy. You're right. Um, right. So, I mean, they, yeah. Uh, definitely sprinkle on Georgia State just because you almost have to. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, I'm not touching this game. Okay. All right. All right. I'll be on Georgia State plus the 12. Small play. Small play. Small play. No no whales here. No, no. Schmedium. Schmedium play. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have a 7-10 matchup. Woo! Yeah. The Wofford Terriers squaring off against the 10-seeded Seton Hall Pirates. This is a game being played in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, current line is Wofford, minus two and a half. Um, uh, Wofford is the hottest play at the tournament, uh, per se, if you listen to everyone around the town. Uh, fade the noise, Mike. Fade, fade the, noise. the noise. I'm just I'm giving a background. Everybody's kind of on them uh, to do some damage here. Minus two and a half seems short. Seton Hall looks really good. They play really tough. Although they didn't win the Big East tournament, they play a kind of grinded out kind of uh, a bootleg Villanova type team with not a lot of, not a lot of uh, athletes, but... They play hard, you know. So this will be a very, very close game. I won't have any cash on it, um, and it's tough for me, man. I don't. I, I guess I'll go Wofford minus two and a half just because. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that Wofford number is. I mean, if you would have told me before the tournament that Wofford would be favored in an NCAA tournament first round game, yeah, I would I would have laughed in your face. Yeah, that's crazy. But I mean, this is a team that they haven't lost in twenty plus games. This is a team that they're hitting on all cylinders at the right time. 
but it's still Wofford at the end of the day. I mean, they are they they are they are seventeenth in the BPI. They do have the ability to shoot it. They have they have a lot of you know veteran guys. You know, they've been playing together for a while. But still, I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm on, I'm on Seton Hall plus the three, but I know most people aren't. So yeah, that's all I'm gonna yeah, say. Yeah, most people are not. I remember Wofford played North Carolina earlier in the season, and I was very impressed by them. But you know, things happen throughout the season, and they're, they're not the same team. North Carolina's not the same team. But uh, I was very impressed by them in that game, so I'll, I'll just I'll just let it two and a half. All right, now we got the final first round matchup. We have second seeded Kentucky facing off against Abilene Christian. Not much to say about this Jacksonville region. Uh, Kentucky is a minus twenty two favorite. Uh, not much to say about this one. I won't have any money on it. The line is just too big and too abnormal for me. But I expect Kentucky to advance, and they will probably end up covering this number. But it'll be a little bit later on in the game. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're going to shoot Kentucky into the second round, yeah. but this is not a game that I have any interest in watching no. or seeing highlights of or Nothing. anything of that nature. Nothing. All right, so that wraps up the Midwest region. So let's let's get into – so we got all the meat and potatoes done. Now let's really, you know, cut the fat and, you know, really get down to, you know, our, our key plays that we like here. Well, I guess we can talk about who's coming out of each region. Okay. Uh, okay, so for that first – uh, region with Duke as the one seed, Michigan State as the two seed, or the East region. I have Michigan State coming out, man. I just think that, you know, the fighting is those. They're built for this. Uh, like you, you know, we were going over crunching some numbers. Duke cannot shoot the three. No. Now, uh, the winner of tonight's North Dakota State game is not going to force Duke to take three. UCF might not force Duke to take three. Mississippi State or Virginia Tech might, but Michigan State definitely will. They'll grind them out. I like the fighting is those to come out of that. And uh, I'll take that, that them to the Final Four. Yeah, I mean, when, when you really look at the East region, you have to – I mean, I'm hoping to see a Duke-Michigan State matchup yeah. there in the, in the Elite Eight. That would just be great. And, I mean, when you look at Duke, I mean, they shoot 30.2% from three. No team that shoots that poorly has ever been to a Final Four. Right. And I don't see any reason it's going to change now. No. I mean, the Zion factor, that's, that's a big deal. He's great, whatever, next LeBron, all that. But, I mean, that doesn't mean that Duke's going to win come tournament time. So you got Michigan State coming out of that? Yeah, I got, I got Michigan State beating Duke there in the Elite Eight. Okay, perfect. Yeah. All right, so now let's go down to the West. Who do you, are, you, are you on the Zags in this one? I'm on the Zags 100%. I'm on the Zags to win it all. So I'm definitely on the Zags. Oh, wow. The see, see, you know, I, I put a couple brackets together, you know. You gotta, you gotta, <laughs> this guy. But, but when, it, when it really comes down to it, I think that Syracuse there in the second round has a great chance of beating the Zags. I mean, if, if the Zags aren't shooting like they were – I mean, they lost to St. Mary's by about 15 if you're losing to St. Mary's, I mean, that Syracuse 2-3 is going to eat you up. Yeah, I mean, 2-3 is tough to prepare for. That is a back-to-back, you know, that is either a Thursday or Friday. They're going to play again on a Saturday or a Sunday. So it is a, a short time to prepare for it. But uh, Syracuse just doesn't have the talent for me. I'm not even scared of that game. I'd be more scared of them placing F- FSU or Murray State in the next round mm. uh, for me. So I got the Zags cruising out of that one. All right, so now uh, where do you have Michigan going out? I see it. Michigan Texas Tech. That's a potential matchup right there. That would be a great one. I got Michigan going out in the second round uh, against Nevada. Because as long as Jordan Caroline plays for Nevada, I like you know what Nevada did their run last year. They're experienced. All these guys are coming back. The the transfers have you know kind of stepped up their game. They kind of have their roles all set down. If we can get a healthy Nevada team, I do like Nevada to take out Michigan in the second round. Wow, that that would be just tremendous. But that. you said Texas Tech, and I don't even have Texas. I have Buffalo beating Texas Tech. See, that's another intriguing game right there. Buffalo has been a lot of people's, you know, surprise pick to, you know, make it out of the West there. Uh, I mean, Buffalo's offense is just awesome. They're they're great on the offensive end. I love Texas Tech, though. I uh, I have Texas Tech um, 
going to my final four, to be honest with you. Yeah, I know. You see, you've been saying it on podcast yeah. one, podcast two, and now <laughs> podcast three. So you better yeah. back it up. So you have yeah. no choice but to bring them out the, of this. The only, the, only, <laughs> the only one thing I'm scared of is uh, Culver on the offensive end. They're kind of a little, you know, one or two yeah. dimensional when it comes to scoring. But you know what you're getting out of them on the yeah, defensive yeah, end. Yeah, you do. You do. You do. And I think if they happen to beat Buffalo, they could be. They could have a nice path to the final four. So yes. I feel you on that. Okay, so that wraps up the West. Let's go back to the South now. Do you have Virginia or Tennessee? What do you like in that I one? I got Virginia. Again, this is about the spot where Rick Barnes will show his face. He won't show up ready to play. His team will get out coached, out class, and out maneuvered, and they'll end up losing to Virginia by 12 points. I got Virginia in the Final Four. You know how I feel about the Cavaliers as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got the Who's in the Final Four. The Who's. All right, so now we'll go down to the Midwest. North Carolina, Kentucky, uh, you got any surprises in the Midwest, or what are you looking at? Yeah, I do. I mean, I. Yeah. It hurts me to say I got Kentucky beating UNC in the Elite Eight to go to the Final Four. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I just think they're a little bit deeper. UNC's kind of a year away from really being where they should be. I don't know how we got a one seed. We're more like a two seed to me. But Kentucky is loaded from top to bottom. Calipari usually runs circles around Roy Williams in their head-to-head matchups. And I think this will happen again. So I got Kentucky in the Final Four. I touched on it earlier in the podcast. And I think one team that really got overseeded uh, by the committee was uh, four-seeded Kansas down there in the Midwest. I mean, when you really look at it, if North Carolina, you know, makes it to the Sweet 16 and they face off against Kansas, I mean, that's going to be essentially a home game in for Kansas the Jays. That game's in Kansas City. I don't know if you've seen a Kansas, uh, a game, a Kansas <laughs> game in Kansas City, like the Big 12 tournaments played there. Oh, my goodness. It looks like they're in Lawrence. It, it's, it's almost <laughs> louder than it is in Lawrence. Yeah. It's a little bit bigger arena. Yeah. I mean, that that's going to be quite a hostile environment for the Tar Heels. Yeah. Oh, boy. I got the Fighting Pearls taking out Kansas in the second round, though. Really? Yeah, I think I think Bruce Pearl and Auburn will go ahead and take care of them like they're supposed to. They're a better team. Uh, coaching matchup is pretty even. More athletes this year on the Auburn team. So I like Auburn to beat Kansas. Okay, so who who do you think can actually win the national championship? Because down the nets, I think all four of those final four teams can win. Michigan State. Uh, Gonzaga, Virginia, Kentucky. I went on with the Gonzaga and Virginia championship matchup just because I like their styles a little bit better for this type of setting. And then I just went with the Zags. I just think that Mark Few's been here too many times. He's been a bridesmaid too many times. They have legit D1 talent. This is the most talented team he's ever had, so I went with the Zags to cut down the nets. Okay, so now – Oh, wow. So when we go to real titled contenders, I mean, you know how I feel about Texas Tech, but I really think that if Virginia, you know, gets to the Final Four, I see no reason that they don't win at all. Yeah, can't argue with that. I mean, if they get there, but that's the problem. That that (laughs) is the problem. Tony Bennett has his team queued up like this all the time, and then they they never make it, you know? So I know know we have a lot of listeners, you know, they're they're waiting for us to get to the Cinderella's, you know? They want to be the one bracket, you know, that had, you know, Old Dominion in the final or something like that. If you had to, you know, pick maybe two or three, you know, Cinderella's, you know, to keep an eye on at least, what what, what, would, what would you come up with? Well, my first one, if we, if I'll give you one from each bracket. The there we go, one, perfect. Yeah, in the East, I like Belmont. I mean, I do think Michigan State ends up beating them, but uh, I like Belmont. I saw them last night. I was very impressed. As far as the West, I like the Buffalo. Buffalo is, is my is my team. You know, when they match up against Nevada, if they do, that would be a great game. I like Buffalo. Uh, as far as the South, man, it's, it's a pretty chalk, chalk type of thing. I do have Oregon winning two games. So Virginia and Oregon matchup could be crucial. They'll be hot. Dana Auburn's a good coach. He'll, be, he'll have his team prepared. So I guess I'll pick Oregon in that region. As far as the last one, that's really chalk. Only, I, I have two five seeds in Auburn and Iowa State. Both those teams can easily beat UNC and Kentucky, although I don't think it'll happen. So those are my two Cinderella's there. What about yourself? 
Uh, yes, I mean, when you look at the East, Belmont, like you said, very composed team. You know, they, they know they know what they can and can't do. They know their strengths and their weaknesses, and they stick to it. You know, they're not trying to, you know, shoot threes when they can or do this when they can't. You know, they really know what they're good at, and they stick to it. I mean, everyone's on that Yale pick first round just because LSU doesn't have their coach. So two teams to look at in the East, I would say, would be Belmont and I would say uh, uh, Yale as well. Yeah, all right. And then uh, coming down to the West – like you said, Vermont's playing that game up in Hartford. That's going to be a tough one for the Seminoles. Uh, I, I'd say Murray State is a team to keep an eye out for. And I, like I said, I do like Syracuse to possibly upset Gonzaga there in the second round. Going up to the south, I mean, I know you're on the Ducks, so that's got to be one you circle right there is that 12 seed. Uh, I do like Old Dominion in the south. I think they literally have a chance to beat the Boilermakers in the first round. Oh. As long as they can knock some shots down, they they're good on the defensive end. You know they run in transition. If they can if they can focus on shutting down, you know uh, Haas, uh, you know down low for Purdue, I think they have a good chance there. So yeah, going down to the Midwest, oh, let's see who we got there. Georgia State, everyone's on Georgia State. I like Seton Hall to take down Wofford. I know that's not a huge upset, but I do like the Pirates right there. I just think the number is way too short on that. I mean, it's still Wofford. I'll keep saying that. It's still it's, <laughs> it's, still, it's still Wofford. Uh, yes, yeah, so that wraps up the Midwest. So what, what would you say are your top three plays for uh, the first round here? Top three plays? Yeah, I know you said you were, you were on Kansas. And yeah, I, I, went, I went hard on Kansas. You know, that's pretty much a max play on Kansas. I also came up to Villanova and went real hard on them. That, that continues to go my way as far as the numbers, so I'm probably going to go hard again with Villanova taking there care of St. Mary's. And then I also like uh, – you're talking first round, so I'll keep it for – oh, and – the fighting little Ricky Patinos. There you go. I like them to pull that one. He's Get going with Louisville. he's going with Minnesota over Louisville. Yeah, Minnesota so, over Louisville, Villanova over St. Mary's, and Kansas to handle Northeastern, and these are all against the spread. Yep. I'm, I also am with you on that Kansas pick, as, as I said earlier, and I'm on Old Dominion as well, and I really like Ole Miss a lot here Miss. Oh, in yeah. uh, the yeah, first that's round. A big one. That's a big one. All right, Mike. I think, right. That, I think that about wraps us up here. Yes, sir. And, yeah, so that was episode three. Please, you know, do us a favor and, you know, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. It's at TalkShopPod. And, yeah, that about wraps it up. Yeah, man, uh, we're trying to get our, our, our Twitter and our Instagram game up, as the young kids say. Did I say that right? Yeah, you know, you got to get some uh, some social media clout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going to start doing a lot of fun, humorous things with our social media. So give us a follow. Click the button. doesn't take much to click a button. Um, and uh, let us know what you see and yeah. what you like. Best of luck this weekend. Try to watch as many games as you can. And, you know, maybe drink a couple beers while you're at it. Definitely. Have a good one.